0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Oh, it's uh, it's tough, man. It sucks. <laughs> Keep looking and thinking, No, oh, well, this day would have been this. And I got my car- Cardinals calendar up. I didn't even realize Thursday was going to be opening day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Shoot. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner here, and I th- I'm think i feeling kind of good today. Listen, we've all been cooped up in our houses for the most part. Some of us are able to get out a little bit. I, I got out in the car the other day and had to run an errand and was out for about an hour. And it was like, this is the first, the longest I've been out uh, since the NCAA tournament <laughs> kind of broke down. Um, so, yeah, it's been a weird week and a half. We're all adjusting to this temporary hopefully uh, new reality though it could go longer than and has gone longer already than most of us want but we're all trying to do our part but I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today because um, I, I feel like we're doing a good job of trying to find you guys as many angles as many stories and as much insight as possible to Illinois athletics and I, I was just feeling a basketball Jones today like I'm we're sitting here and I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon, March 24th, and we should be talking about where Illinois is going in the Sweet 16 or how their first weekend went, right, in the NCAA tournament where they lost um, and were disappointed or where they won a game and then lost a game and, and set themselves up for the future and and maybe Io DeSumo put an exclamation point on his career. Of course we're not, but I, I do think this was such a great season for Illinois. It was a hell of a season for Illinois to break through what I would who did what Kofi Coburn did what Andres Felice did and what Brad Underwood and his staff were able to put together as, as well as Demonte Williams, Trent Frazier, Alan Griffin, all these guys and I, I wanted to look ahead and I wanted to look ahead to the offseason because that might have been what we were talking about today is where Illinois goes after you know bowing out in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I know all these places are saying they would have made the sweet 16 or the elite eight or whatever it is. But that would have been a possibility, and, and I don't think it would have been a disappointment if you don't get to the Sweet 16 in, in a year like this that you think can be special. But getting the NCAA tournament and having the opportunity would have been great, uh, even if they bowed out in, in the second round, let's say. Uh, but we'd be talking about the offseason and how excited you can get about what this program could look like and what this team could look like next year. So I called up Derek Piper, and we started to break this down of, What this offseason looks like for this staff, especially under these circumstances, how they're recruiting and how they're looking at the transfer market. So Derek and I talk about the transfer market and some of the targets that we've heard so far, including uh, a very highly rated Big Ten recruit who's now in the transfer portal. Then we get into a big conversation. It went longer than I thought, but it was fantastic because I think you hear my voice. I'm I'm excited about what we just broke down, and Derek did most of the heavy lifting here, but it was a fun conversation about what the roster is next year, how it'll play out, the great things about the roster, the questions about the roster, and then, of course, about the incoming freshmen who you should be really, really excited about. So I felt a little bit more rejuvenated after this conversation. I hope you do too. Let's talk some Illini hoops. Let's talk about the future when basketball comes back. And Illinois comes back. Let's talk with Derek Piper. Derek Piper joins us now. How, how you dealing with this, Derek? Uh, just a week and a half into it,
1: it's uh, it's tough because I thought at this point we would be booking our trip to to the Sweet 16 and, and maybe uh, uh, one to Indianapolis. It would be pretty close, uh, a familiar site that we would have been at for the Big Ten tournament. So. Uh, it's depressing, obviously, as far as the sports side goes. And really, it affects all aspects of, of my life, your life, and a lot of people's out there. But uh, I, I told you before we hit record, I keep looking at the calendar and, and thinking, you know, this this day, this is supposed to be on. And, and over the weekend, it was hard not to think about the NCAA tournament opening days coming up. But uh, it, it's difficult still to, to wrap your head around and really um, – make peace with it because yeah. it, it was something that we were really looking forward to.
0: Especially given where this program has been, but n- now we try to move forward, Derek. And, you know, we don't know how long we'll be in this, but is, as we know covering these two programs and, you know, I've, I've been covering football and been chatting a little bit with some of those guys. And then you're, you're chatting with the basketball guys and, they're full pedal of the metal when it comes to this recruiting thing and and obviously still trying to get some work done. Uh, I know football is doing a lot of these Zoom meetings, a lot of these guys working from home, but they're still working this recruiting thing hard. How is this basketball uh, staff operating right now?
1: Yeah, they're doing a lot of stuff from home as well. Uh, I know that they're they're staying in quarantine, uh, not doing a whole lot in the basketball offices. Uh, and, of course, Brad is, has joked and really has <laughs> worked on his uh, his closets and his bathroom and doing some other stuff. Uh, uh, but as far as especially the assistants, and, and obviously Brad's involved as well, they're they're active on the transfer market and, and looking and seeing what's out there. And it's interesting because with uh, the spots for basketball, uh, with Curbelo coming in and Coleman Hawkins, those two being signed, and Adam Miller still committed, expected to sign next month, if I were to leave, and that's something we can still hit on, uh, they would be full on scholarships, so they would need some spots to, to open up. But uh, it seems like they're preparing not only uh, in case I were to leave, but in case some other um, potential spots were were to, to come available, that they are interested not only uh, – I think a lot of people expected them to be in the market for a four-man, uh, some interior help uh, the, to to be in the rotation there. But – Uh, It sounds like they're interested in guards, too, which um, I know that you're losing Andres Feliz, I two big parts of your backcourt, really half of your assists in Big Ten play and overall about 47% uh, throughout the season. So maybe a playmaking guard who can come in and uh, set some other guys up. I know a lot of weight's going to be on Curbelo's shoulders to do that as a freshman, but uh, maybe someone who's a veteran who can uh, come in and do that as well. That's something they're intrigued with. And I know that Brad likes to have a multitude of point guards, not only on his roster, but on the court at the same time.
0: Well, let me ask you there, Derek, because we'll get into Io's decision. And, and, and they're certainly operating like he's probably not going to be back, right? And I think they'd have a pretty good idea of that. But I, I guess the guards they're going after, and, and we'll break down some how some of these guys would fit uh, coming up here, and we'll, we'll break down the off season for some of the Illini players. But I'm trying to wrap my head around, okay, why is the guard so important? And and you mentioned it. I mean, Curbelo and Adam Miller are really talented, and Adam Miller seems all in still, so I don't seem too concerned about that. But they will be freshmen, right? So so maybe it's hedging a little bit on that. Um, they do like being old. That's something Brad has always talked about, get old and stay old. Um, so you're adding Jacob Grandison and Austin Hutcherson, who are both going to be 22 years old you know, when next season starts. So you're adding that. Also, it comes up in my head, well, how big of a role do they think Austin Hutcherson's is going to have next year? So does that play into it, or what do you think all plays into why they seem like they definitely want a transfer guard.
1: Yeah, because they definitely have options, and you ran through some of those right there. And I think that the expectation would be under Curbelo and Trent Frazier could could do a very good job and will do a very good job of holding the uh, the point guard spot. And uh, I, I think it does play into the fact that Adam Miller and Austin Hutcherson are maybe viewed more as shot makers, yeah. guys that can play with the ball in their hands but not not necessarily – pass-first guys, uh, and, and uh, maybe ones that they want to, to, to have a Curbelo or a Frazier or another guard come in and be able to set them up. And uh, you mentioned with Curbelo and Miller having not played, uh, obviously, at the collegiate level. And Austin Hutcherson's played D3, so he hasn't played uh, D1 basketball. So uh, in terms of adding someone that's played in the NCAA, potentially, uh, if you want to go as far as DJ Carden, that that one – Uh, he's played in the Big Ten, his talent is is undeniable. Um, So in that one in particular, or even uh, Jamarius Burton from Wichita State bring some physicality, some that you had with Andres Felice. But overall, with your options in the backcourt, I haven't mentioned Alan Griffin yet, DeMonte. uh, Grandison's probably more of a a three, maybe even a small ball four. But uh, they have a number of guys there. I, I just think, go back to, Iowa and Andre's created a lot of offense for you in particular. Uh, you look at the assist numbers, and uh, I, I think that the inexperience of some of these guys and also uh, if you were able to find someone that was, was talented and, and could help you uh, not only facilitate, but if it's physicality with Burton or uh, McGowan's is a, is a very long athlete, that would, would be something that would be intriguing to add to the roster or Carton was just was a top-30 prospect.
0: Yeah, it's nice, Derek, to be talking about. Hey, should they be trying to add another point guard? Right? I, I know I get ragged on for <laughs> bringing that up about the John Grosser, but like they was just trying to find one, and now we're like, do they yeah. really need a, you know, a, a fourth combo guard or a third point guard <laughs> on this roster? But let's go down some of these guys. Um, I guess we can call it the transfer fit ranking let's go one through five since we do five stars here um dj carton like there's no doubt like i have no problem with them showing interest in such a talented player right this is one of the best players in the country one of the highest ranked freshmen in the big 10 last year and he was good as a freshman 10.4 points three assists three rebounds shot 36 percent from three Derek, I, i don't know if they can sell uh i guess having being the man like he could be elsewhere um if he wants to play for you, I'd, I'd definitely run and take him because you'd have a ridiculous backcourt there. But how, what do you think of the fit? How would you grade it one through five stars there?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the fit potentially is just caps because of who else is in the backcourt. Yeah. So uh, I, I think the style of play, uh, the, the up-tempo, the, the ball screen, having some shot makers like Miller, uh, Griffin, Hutcherson around him, uh, and then obviously a, a rolling big and Kofi. Uh, there's a lot of weapons there. And, and there would – I mean, that backcourt would be insane yeah. if you are able to put uh, Cardin with Corbello and Miller and uh, if he was immediately eligible Frazier. It would be interesting, though, as far as playing time. So I, I don't know if I, I – I don't know if I'd buy that uh, as being a potential fit. Maybe it's a – I guess a three-star, but outside of of, of just the pieces there – uh, it is closer to home, versus, and you wonder about that with him uh, dealing with some mental health issues. And it's about less less than three hours away uh, from his high school uh, in Iowa and, and to to Champaign. Uh, and yeah, a, a lot of people or evaluators when he was coming out of high school, they said he reminds me of of a Jalen Brunson type. And wouldn't Illinois like a chance at at someone like that again? He's he's a good athlete. Uh, he's he's very. Uh, has great instincts as far as an IQ and a a passer, and uh, he can score it as well. So, uh, again, I I am skeptical as far as uh, fitting in in the backcourt with a number of other talented pieces. I think that he could find somewhere uh, where maybe he gets more of an immediate opportunity or more of just this is your ball, you know, we're putting the ball in your hands. Uh, But I don't blame Illinois one bit for for trying to go after him if, if he does reciprocate some of that interest.
0: Yeah, the wild card there is eligibility, right? Uh, because if, if this rule f- flies through the NCAA, and I, I don't know if you know the timeline of that's going to change with everything going on, but um, if he were sitting out a year, I mean, he'd be a perfect fit, uh, but I, I don't think he will. Um, I, I think he'll be eligible right away, so that would be interesting. All right, pick guard Trey McGowan's 11.5 points, three three assi- 3.6 assists, 3 rebounds, 31 percent from three uh how would you rank that fit one through five stars
1: that one might be see i i watched him on tape and uh he he is very fun to watch him transition as a six four long bouncy athlete you can really throw it down uh it'd be fun to see him get out and go knowing that corbello is going to push the ball trent when he gets an opportunity uh, I just see him, though, at the same time, having some similar similar qualities to, to Adam Miller. I think Adam's a, a very good athlete, and he has some length and uh, ability to stretch the floor. So uh, that one might be a two as far as fit. But again, he's got some, some very, very good upside. He put up 25 in a game at North Carolina, had another 20-point game against Louisville. Uh, he did struggle to shoot the three later on in the ACC play. Uh, but I, I think he's probably looking for some more shots. And you have Griffin in the mix, and Hutcherson is expected to to come in and uh, be able to, to provide a, a decent impact for you as well. So, uh, again, I think the talent w- would lean you to to make some adjustments and find a way if he was interested to play in a rotation like that. But overall, uh, probably, probably a two as far as fit. All
0: right, moving on to the next one. Wichita State guard Jamarius Burton, 10.3 points, 3.4 rebounds, 3.4 assists. 38% from three. I like that. Um, I don't know what's happening at Wichita State with everybody leaving here, Derek. Uh, Ohio State's having those issues, too, with, with several players or a couple players leaving here. Uh, but uh, Burton, Burton, I, Champaign native, right? That's what makes this one really yeah. interesting and possibly going up a level. And I don't know, maybe he could sit out a year and, and, and come and fill in next year. This one, I think, is the most intriguing, right?
1: Yeah, I think that from a fit perspective, there's a lot that adds up there. Um, probably three and a half stars, maybe on the four star range. Uh, I think that McGowan's is a more talented player, uh, but Burton does bring a physicality that you really like. And uh, I watched, I broke down some of his his tape as well, and and you, you see him fighting physically from rebounds, pulling away from big guys or diving on the floor, uh, again, similar to what Andres release brought to the table this past year, and uh, you pair that. I know he shot – he didn't have very many attempts from three. Uh, it wasn't a high volume. It was maybe uh, two a game or a little bit less than that. But you mentioned 38% from three. Uh, he had a really nice mid-range game uh, and had some nice pull-ups that he was able to, to execute. And he can he can play with the ball in his hands. He can play off the ball. Uh, and, yeah, he was born in Champaign, lived there for the first 12 13 years of his life before moving to, to North Carolina. And maybe he does look to go back to where his family is now uh, in the Charlotte area, but uh, there is a potential poll to Champaign. And, and I think that they'd be interested in bringing him uh, on campus for a visit whenever this gets sorted out and that opens up again. But uh, I think there are some things there that you look at, especially if maybe he had immediate eligibility to, to get him on your team for next season.
0: All right. I remembered this name. Morris Udezi out of Houston, Uh, Illinois recruited him out of high school. And this is where I think the bigger need is, right, Derek? Because the four was an issue this year. Uh, You need depth behind Kofi Coburn. You need an option after Kofi Coburn, I would imagine, after next year probably goes pro. Udezi averaged 4.3 points, 2.8 rebounds, just half a block. Uh, As kind of a rotation guy at Wichita State and was expected to maybe compete for the starting job, Uh, how would you rate that fit, one through five stars?
1: Yeah, I I do like the idea of adding a big for sure. And with Udesi, his numbers through his first two years aren't that impressive. Uh, He's 6'8", 240, rotational piece. Didn't play a whole lot down the stretch for Wichita State. uh, Would have two years left. You mentioned that they recruited him uh, throughout high school. Does not shoot well from the the free throw line and not a three-point threat as well. Um, They're going to have to find an answer, as you mentioned, after Kofi is gone. Uh, I think they'll definitely look to do that with the high profile big uh, in the 2021 class. So if they were to add him, uh, it, it would make sense as as far as just adding another body down there. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's a, there's a ton to it versus maybe a, a impact ready 4 man or someone who can uh, not necessarily take minutes away from Georgie, but just be another piece uh, and, and have some experience that boss man doesn't have and Hawkins right. doesn't have. So I'd say probably a, uh, probably a two yeah uh, as far as fit for him in particular
0: that that's where I was gonna go I mean I like the position I just don't know if the the fit player wise is quite there because the, the good thing is Derek um you still have Georgie for two more years right like I, I I think we're almost gonna be like ah what does Georgie give you but that's a very valuable upperclassman piece the next couple of years, especially figures this out. And if Kofi moves on, obviously Georgie as a senior would probably be at the five, but you need that athletic guy. Right. And and that's probably what they're going to find in, in the high school market. But that is probably, I mean, that's the nice thing about these transfers. And I guess that's the nice thing about what you're looking in recruiting here in 2021 is it's, it's kind of more these complementary pieces because you feel like you have the two guards in, in Miller and Curbello, um, for the long-term future that are are kind of your stars you're building around here.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and, and Alan Griffin's another one of yeah. those pieces that you're thinking as a four-year guy and he's going to be uh, have a chance to to be potentially an all-league player before he's done. So uh, Curbelo and Miller in the backcourt uh, with Griffin, two years of Hutcherson, two years of Grandison, uh, and then, yeah, two more years of Georgie. And I think that if you – I know it was a disappointment last year and, and to see some of those – Excruciating struggles that he really went through, but uh, if you would just look on paper at what he did in the first two seasons, and based on what he what we thought of him as a recruit, what we didn't know about him, I think you he obviously would take that and yeah. uh, give him an off season, try to figure it out and, and refresh. I think that that can be good for him. He's still got the talent. It, it's just um, a decent amount that's mental with him, and uh, and maybe fit now that you know. Whether or not he can pro- progress as an outside threat. I think that would be something that would be intriguing if they could find a four man who could really stretch the floor. Again, Coleman Hawkins can do that. He's just going to be, I don't know if he's going to be physically ready for the Big Ten. Benjamin Bossman's Redonk can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he healthy? How does he progress? Uh, but yeah, you have uh, a number of pieces, uh, a real uh, a roster that's ready to compete and, and just plug in and play in a couple of other guys. And I know you, know, you lose Io and Andres. That's that's a big, big blow. But uh, at the same time, you have a lot to work with, and uh, maybe just finding a couple other ones to to elevate that uh, would be what you need.
0: I, I think those front court guys that we rarely mention, right? Uh, Coleman Hawkins, we rarely mention, just because I I think because it's not that he's not good enough uh, for this level. I, I I do. I think he's really intriguing and. I've always said he kind of reminds you a little bit of D.J. Wilson at Michigan. Wilson obviously was higher ranked, but he's got that kind of skill set and that kind of offensive scheme makes a lot of sense. But he seems like he's a year or two away from having the strength to compete, right? Jermaine Hamlin, like we weren't going to figure anything out this year. He was just too raw, right? Uh, He was like a fawn out there this year. And Bossman's Verdonk, who looks the part, looks ready, uh, but just got injured and had injury issues since he got here. Those guys are, are really the X factors, Derek. But if if you get one of those guys to to really break through, and you know, I know they're really high on Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk Brad probably got in trouble again by saying a little bit too much about him in the off season. But if one of those guys works out for the long term, um, that that's huge for this program.
1: Yeah, similar to the conversation we had last off season about if one of Tev or Allen can pan out, right. and now. If, if you could get a, a Coleman Hawkins to, to beef up in the off season. and I, I think that again, offensively in particular, he, he's someone that's going to be able to stretch the floor, mm-hmm. uh, be a four-man that can can shoot the threes, a very good passer, handle the ball a little bit. Um, Bossman's you see, you know, visit as you as you mentioned, uh, as far as what you see uh, appearance-wise, I mean, he's built. He, he can, he has a, a decent-looking stroke as well, and uh, what can he? Uh, I, I guess, where can you get to leading into this upcoming season and still not having that much experience? Uh, uh, but then even another big man behind Kofi, I know that Georgie uh, maybe plays more at the five. It'll be interesting to see. And They need someone to, to come through and give them some depth there, especially uh, with Kipper out of the mix now. And I know that it w- would have been weird at the end of last season saying that Kipper would be a big loss whenever he was to leave. I'm not saying he's a huge loss, but he's someone that gave you some – some serviceable minutes and they need that. Uh, and I think that's something they'll continue to look for again on the on the transfer market is a is a four man that is a veteran and can come in and and do some things for them in that rotation.
0: all right. Well, these players, I know they can't work out that much, but uh, the off season has started for them a little too early. Let's talk about what the off season means for each of these guys. We'll do a little bit on each player on the roster next. All right, Derek, uh, we're, we're kind of talking like I definitely going to the NBA and you wrote a great piece and breaking down what will happen. I, I think he's he's planned all along of doing this and, and now he just needs to go through the process and, and get feedback and, and make sure uh, of where he could get selected or, or what the NBA values of him. But just everything that's going on, I mean, we have no idea how the draft process is, is, is going to play out or when it's going to play out. I think... That's the biggest question mark with Iowa, but you know the way Illinois is approaching this is that Iowa would be gone, and you know Io's dad making the comments he did to Shannon in the Chicago Tribune makes it seem like they'd lean that way. So uh, unless he hears um, just negative reviews from the NBA, I, I would expect him to go, especially in what is a really considered a weak draft.
1: Yeah, I have that same expectation. I know that when he came back for a sophomore year, I think he had it in his mind that that was going to be a one-year deal and uh, come back and and take him to the tournament and and go along his way to the NBA. And the way he played, especially in the last, you know, six weeks of the season, what he did in the Big Ten season, and then uh, even during the last couple of weeks, he was playing some really, really high-level basketball and uh, during that last six-game stretch, Nolan went 5-1, and one, starting with the Penn State game when he came back from injury. He was averaging about 20 points a game, four-and-a-half rebounds and three-and-a-half assists. I think he did a ton in the pick-and-roll that really translates to the NBA to go along with the transition game. Uh, and, and yeah, but it is an interesting uh, situation for all prospects, especially those that are making the decision whether they can come back or uh, go to the NBA. Is There might not be a combine. And, and now that, when you read, that's maybe even how it's shaping up right now is is no combine, no individual workouts with teams. Uh, they're doing a lot of st- stuff with Skype as far as interviews and everything. And again, I think that he's shown enough and NBA teams will do a good job of doing their homework and, and watching film. And all they got to do is if they weren't paying attention, I think they were, uh, you see the way that he's turned it up in some mock drafts to get towards the early second round. And, with the way that contracts are, are, are being signed right now is you can go early second round, similar to Carson Edwards, similar to mm-hmm. Bernard Fernando last year and get a guaranteed three-year deal for, for over a million a year and uh, achieve his dream of going to the NBA and, and not risk essentially coming back and, and an injury or anything like that. So uh, it is interesting circumstances because from what I had heard is he wanted to go to the combine and wasn't going to say right off the bat, I'm gone. I want to get the feedback and then make my decision. But if there is no combine, that that complicates it a little bit. But I would still lean, again, as you can see the signs of Illinois, how they're preparing uh, with what Iowa's campus said. I think that they're preparing to, to go to the NBA.
0: Yeah, Derek, and I, I I know we've focused on this so much, but it is right in front of us and you're seeing big ten players like Daniel Toro declare for the draft, Jalen Smith, you know. Um so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we see IO do something like that recently. Not that I've heard anything like that, but um I, I just don't know why an NBA team wouldn't take a second round pick on him. Right. Right? It just I know he's got flaws, and maybe he's a better athlete than we give him credit for because we saw him dunk a little bit this year. Uh, but obviously, he's not the highest level athlete. Obviously, he's not the greatest shooter from the outside. But he does have NBA skills. And I, I think if you're looking for a role player, if you're looking for a guy who's definitely going to get better, I would assume we've shown that. He's shown he's one of the best players in one of the best leagues in the country, the deepest league in the country Uh, he's one of the best guards and uh, he didn't get to play at the NCAA tournament to showcase that but I I just think he's such a safe investment in in the second round so if if you're looking for a roll of the dice guy that's going to be a superstar I don't think that's Io DeSumo but if you're looking like if you're the Atlanta Hawks in the second round and you want a guy to back up Trey Young or just kind of compliment him be a good defender improve as a shooter but just be elite in transition I, I think Io DeSumo makes a lot of sense for a lot of teams
1: yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, I, I fully agree with that. And uh, I think that one thing, and I wrote about this, one thing that he'll, well he'll lack in maybe additional evaluation opportunities because to, to be honest I thought uh, an NCAA tournament run, maybe even to the second weekend, some strong showings, also in the Big Ten tournament, he, he might have been, we, we would be sitting here right now maybe saying he's in the first round uh, with, with what he potentially could have done on a bigger stage. and uh, But what he'll lack in, And some of those evaluations, I think he's going to get just rave reviews back here in Champaign. And, uh, you know, some of those additional what's he like off the floor, what's he like as a teammate, can he lead, Uh, all of that, he's going to check all those boxes. What does he like to do? He's in the gym. What does he care about? He cares about basketball and his family. And this guy, is uh, he prepares like a pro already. So, um, yeah, there's some limitations there. He's not vertically explosive. He only shot 29% from three. Uh, there would be some opportunity for him to be able to to come back and, and shoot the three at a at a much higher clip and, and maybe work his way to the middle of the first round, and potentially the latter I know next year is a, a much stronger draft, but yeah, as far as early second round, someone that you know is going to make it on your roster and, and be a serviceable guy that you can plug and play uh, early on. I, I think that and be a great teammate. I, I think it makes a lot of sense, and uh, I can see him hanging around the league for a while for a long time
0: does luca garza go
1: i don't know i I don't know what more he can do right i don't know what what more he can really show
0: uh i guess he could be like the greatest iowa basketball player ever right and solidify that like bj armstrong's really good they've had some good players but i guess you could do that and and he'd still have a chance at the nba but that that one's going to be fascinating because if either of Luca or Iowa comes back, I, I think that could be the the Big Ten favorite next year, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, ESPN did their way too early top twenty five, and they put Iowa at seven. So I'm guessing that would be under the assumption that Luka's coming back, and, and that was the highest ranked Big Ten team. So if he were to do that, it would be fascinating. If I Iowa were to do the same thing, and, and I, Illinois finished higher in the standings than than Iowa did, but uh Luca, you don't see him in mock drafts, which right. uh, is interesting. I know he doesn't play a whole lot of defense. Iowa doesn't in general, but uh, he, does, he is able to stretch the floor. He, is a, he does play extremely hard, run the floor, shoot the ball, uh, rebound. So I just don't know what else he can really do. But as you mentioned, if he wants to come back and take Iowa somewhere and maybe play one more year with Bill Hannon, who's sitting out and trying to come right. back, they, they could be really, really dangerous next year.
0: They could be the one of the best offensive teams we've seen in a long time. Yeah. I, I don't know if they'll play any defense, but if, if Garza didn't come back, um, Kofi might have a chance to be the preseason player of the year, which is crazy to think about.
1: I, did, I honestly didn't think about that. But that's <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, I, point. all those first teamers would be gone. Most of the I think Wesson's going to go. Um, so that would he'd be gone. Um, yeah, I mean him, Trace Jackson Davis, Wieskamp, Camp, the Wisconsin guys. That yeah, maybe it's Jackson Davis, I don't know, but he he would be in that discussion. But um, we obviously lowballed what we expected his numbers to be this year, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought we were trying to be um conservative there and not not have too big a high expectations, but he obviously exceeded those. Average what, 13 and a half and eight and almost nine boards this season, a block and a half per game. Um huge offseason for Kofi, but he's he's gonna be not that he wasn't the focal point this year, but he's gonna be even more of a focal point. What what are the biggest things for him this offseason is is he gets ready for what could be just a monster sophomore year, Derek, well, I don't think it's ridiculous to think you know, he can make the Ettore leap where you, you can see a 17-plus points per game and 10-plus rebounds per game.
1: Yeah, that's something that he's capable of and really can be one of the best bigs in college basketball as a sophomore. And uh, you look at his finishing rate around the basket, and we talked about it throughout the season, that he was really good when he was able to catch the ball. And that was one thing that you're probably working on his hands and then get the jugs machine out uh, over the off season, mm-hmm. But uh, when he was able to roll to the rim, he was a problem. And, and I think that when he catches on the block, being able to to be patient, but have a couple of moves and, and have some better touch around the rim. That's something that I imagine Orlando Antigua, when given the opportunity is going to work a lot with him uh, in that area, and continue to push him defensively because he showed late in the year that he can really protect the rim. Uh, and, and when he's not getting pulled out uh, by a big, although also being able to adjust when he does, because there, there's a lot of, a lot of those throughout the big 10, he faced them. He did uh, a decent job in in a couple of those opportunities. Uh, Daniel Latour is one that comes to mind, but he struggled uh, at times against Luca Garza uh, against Wesson. So being able to be mobile and uh, being able to get back into the paint and rebound, uh, recover back down there. When a shot goes up, when you are being challenged by a stretch five, uh, those are some things that, that you're looking at, but yeah, just already what he brings, as a rebounder as an interior finisher, uh there's a lot to be excited about, but he can just continue to stretch him and maybe even even when he took those mid range those around the free throw line jumpers and you look at his free throw percentage, that's something that maybe can be expanded and something that he'll look to do. I don't know if he comes back shooting threes uh mm-hmm. particularly like or turn into a a Westin who who's shooting a bunch of a bunch of those and and over forty percent uh from beyond the arc but Yeah, just expanding his game a little bit and then also uh, on the block finishing at a little bit of a higher rate and having some go-to moves that he can really work in uh, that's tough for opponents to deal with.
0: It's crazy how much better he got since he arrived. In June and I think that's really scary for Big Ten opponents about how much better he can get by next season Um, I I think he will extend that mid-range jumper and shoot that more he said after the Purdue game he told us at uh, Mackey that he makes them all the time in practice uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that a little bit more we see him make the free throws all the time but yeah I'd just be a student of the game I mean he's still pretty new to this game and he's picked up a lot so far so if he watched a guy like Luca Garza a lot on film I think that'd be very beneficial to see the little things, the, the, the low base that Luka Garza gets, how how quickly he battles for position, how tough he is. Uh, I think Kofi probably learned a lot in the offseason. Let's go to, to to the guy who probably is more valuable, very valuable this year, is just kind of Kofi li- livening him up Kofi, uh, and that's Georgie. Um, those two are, are really close, and Kofi has just been so comfortable around Georgie. How do you see him growing or changing or How does Illinois change around Georgie um, to kind of complement Kofi a little bit more?
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they go about in the offseason, just continuing to define or redefine his role and where he's effective on the floor. And uh, I know that Georgie did a very good job at times of getting Kofi the ball. He he showed that uh, there were stretches where Georgie was the best entry passer, but uh, at the same time, Georgie is, is not a threat that that teams are afraid of behind the three-point line. And, and Georgie would talk, you know, I, he shoots hundreds and hundreds of three-pointers, but uh, just didn't find whether it be the confidence or the consistency from beyond the arc that uh, really made him someone you had to guard. And the jump pass wasn't something that anyone had to, to fear. Because if he's, if he's putting it up, you're, you're fine. You're going after the rebound. But uh, getting back to some of his moves in the paint, I think that he – he, he got to a point where he wasn't as patient as he was as a freshman or even just using the variety of moves he he tried to to be a battering ram and, and mm-hmm. out strength and out muscle people and he got called from some offensive fouls and uh as a freshman he was so good at feeling out the defender and, and using head fakes and uh pivots and and, and just shot fakes that allowed him to even score on some guys that were bigger than him they could have blocked the shot and uh, finding ways to get him the ball inside where he's comfortable, where he's confident. Uh, I, I would still work on uh, a mid-range jumper. He, he, he's got to shoot the three when yeah. he plays the four at, to some level, uh, but that's going to be interesting to see how he works on that. And then you mentioned student in the game with Kofi. That's uh, a big, big thing with Georgia, I think, as well, is just trying to, to not to, to limit the mistakes especially on defense and and whether it's just effort plays or, or mental lapses or uh, just trying to be locked in and, and cut back on what really hurt the team uh when when he was uh whether it be illegal screens or uh not guarding his guy out to the three point line but uh just locking in and, and trying to be the best player that he can be because again it, it's not a lack of talent I mean, he's a he's a talented player he's He's in great physical shape, and and he brings a lot of energy and a lot of potential to the team, at whether wherever he's at uh, on the floor.
0: This might just be my narrative, but I think his freshman year was so fun, so great, you know, so carefree that it almost felt like this year was just kind of a wake up call of, hey, this is serious business. And it, it got it got tough for him. That it just it wasn't as easy last year. It wasn't as fun as last year. He was a different role. And I think he had to adjust to all that. So I, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how he evolves uh, and how really the staff sees his fit. As you said, is he just the backup five now, which he looked more comfortable with that towards the end of the year. Or are they going to try this this fourth thing again and and what kind of impact does that have on georgie cuz obviously at the beginning of this year wasn't wasn't good at all or most of this year it wasn't good okay of, of the second year big men uh bossman's verdonk likely should get a medical redshirt hamlin now a sophomore i i would still say bossman's verdonk is is more likely to make a an impact on next year right
1: yeah by a significant margin in my opinion yeah. uh, not only with the the fit and the need where if georgie is playing more at the five and needing someone at the four spot. Uh, and then of course, Hamlin backing up Kofi. Um, but I just, from what I've seen, the upside of, of Ben and just being closer uh, and, and Hamlin's got some athleticism and uh, he just didn't necessarily look comfortable on the floor uh, when he was out there. Not that Bossman gave you a whole lot outside of the exhibition game when he hit some threes, but uh, from what you hear uh, around the the program, of course, Brad wasn't shy and they had high expectations for, for boss men, And I'm guessing they will again, uh, as he comes back as a, as a redshirt freshman and, uh, what's your main, he, he's got a long ways to go. Uh, I think he can impact you sooner at the defensive end when he's able to not foul. And that was something when he was in that, uh, he often just maybe got in a panic and, and put his hands on, on guys and then went to try to go by him. But, uh, he's got a really long wingspan. He is mobile. He, he can be a shot blocker. Um, his, his offensive game is still pretty raw, uh, especially as, as a post-up guy. But uh, maybe he learns to do some things in the pick and roll that, that Kofi could have done or did do this past year, I should say. Uh, but boss man being able to stretch the floor, you know, put the ball on the floor a little bit as well, uh, being able to pass. And he is physical, and he can battle with some fours in this league. Uh, so I would I would have higher expectations for, for Bossman uh, really out of him and, and Hamlin and also if you throw Hawkins in there as well.
0: All right, we go to the wing position, Derek, which obviously it's interchangeable with the guards, but I'm trying to think of the guys who won't have the ball in their hands all that much. That'd be Alan Griffin, I think, would be the main one there. Uh, Tevian Jones, we'll see. Demonte Williams will play a, a sizable role. And then Jacob Grandison, that, that's how I kind of go with the wings there and uh, that, that are returning. How do you see the 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 roles of all those guys kind of intermingling? I, I imagine this is a year where Alan Griffin could be, I don't want to say the leading scorer because I think that will be Kofi, but it would not shock me if he's the second leading scorer on this team.
1: Yeah, Allen's got to step up and take another uh, and, and come into a maybe a leading role uh, on this team. And uh, I know that Adam's going to arrive and, and have a lot of expectations um, as a top 50 talent and someone that uh, can really shoot the ball. But but Allen to to finish the year shooting above 41% from three. The the work that he did on the glass and uh, he improved significantly as defender. Uh, I think that he can really come into his own uh, with even more opportunity. Potentially, uh, I would look for him to, to be in the starting lineup uh, this upcoming year. And uh, he, Yeah, I think Illinois fans will get
0: their wish there. I think that'll happen this time. <laughs>
1: yeah, right, finally. Uh, DeMonte as well, who's still going to play a major role, very good defender, physically tough, can rebound. Uh, and I'm I'm glad that towards the end of the year he showed he can hit some open threes. Mm-hmm. He was... One of those guys late in the year. You think about the Ohio State game when, when they were leaving that corner open uh, and Iowa was was kicking it over. There were a couple of games where Demonte was hitting threes that Trent Frazier wasn't. And uh, so if he can continue to do that and and piece that with his, you know, I'm not going to call him a three and D guy, but a, a lot of D and occasional three. Uh, mm-hmm. That that'd be something that would be nice. Tevin Jones, I don't know. It, it's hard to know. Uh, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on him in the in the coming weeks to see if he's even on your uh, on your roster uh, for the upcoming season. Just as, as someone who didn't play a lot down the stretch, played 14 seconds in the final six games, and uh, as a sophomore now hasn't lived up to what you would have hoped. Uh, and then Austin Hutcherson, is it, it's hard to tell because we haven't gotten to see practice. We we know what what Brad has said and what. Some of the, the coaches have said about him and that he's a he's a very talented three-point shooter uh, he's someone that at the d3 level had the ball in his hands and was able to do some things he's a good athlete uh, but how he translates to this level i think was, defensively in particular is he able to guard because he is still he, he worked with fletch but still fairly thin physically can he handle the physicality of this league in the backcourt uh that'll be something to be interesting to monitor but again it, it probably starts down griffin stepping up and and being one of your best players.
0: All right, we go to the guard position. Uh, What about Grandison, uh, Derek? I I, am really intrigued by him because that kipper role, right? Like he he could probably play that. He's a different player, uh, more offensive-oriented, but it's kind of what they needed there.
1: Yeah, I I think that Grandison has has a chance to play a nice role, six foot six, and uh, built pretty well. Uh, He's pretty sturdy, uh, ability to play the three and maybe even a, a smaller version of the four uh, uh, like Kipper did. And uh, he will shoot the three better than than Kipper. Or even I've said he, he brings a lot of the, the intangibles, the attributes of, of a Demonte, um, but uh, more offensively capable. Uh, he's, a, he's a really good passer. And uh, playing in the Bill Carmody offense at Holy Cross, uh, just being able to, to make cuts and, uh, some of those reads, uh, he, he's, he's an I high IQ player. And that's something that does translate to Brad Underwood's system and, and his offense. I know that's something that he's looking forward to. Uh, and again, he, he, he can rebound a little bit, not the best finisher on the rim, at least up to this point in his career. So that'll be something that'll be interesting to monitor, but, uh, he's someone that they, they do like quite a bit and, and brings a, a nice skill set with, um, uh, with some size and physicality.
0: Obviously, there's a lot of weight on Kofi's shoulders and on uh, Alan Griffin's shoulders next year, but is it ridiculous to say that Trent Frazier faces the most pressure next year? Because Andres Felice is gone, and we know how good he was this year, Derek. Uh, And then Io, best player on this team, one of the best players in the Big Ten, likely gone as well. Um, What should be the expectations for Trent Frazier next year?
1: Yeah, I think going to put a lot of expectations on himself, and uh, to be a very, very good defender. And he takes a lot of pride in that. And to his credit, you know, I, we can talk about potentially being snubbed from the, the All Defensive Team. I know mm-hmm. he'll come back and, and, and try to get that, and can really, really hound you, especially as someone that, uh, if you're off the ball and, and Stefanovic looking to, to get shots, he he's all up in you throughout the entire game and does a great job uh, at that. But he's got to find his his offensive scoring ability again and, and he was a, a bucket getter that's what he was coming out of high school and, and uh, Brad likes to joke and, and anyone that's on Brett Trent did not really care about playing defense coming out of uh, as, a, as a prospect but he, he's got to be able to get that swag back to be able to hit some threes and uh, pull ups off the dribble and, and finish better around the rim that was something that he, he definitely struggled with uh, down the stretch of this season and we talk about Georgia getting a reset during the off season. I think, at least for as far as Trent's offense, uh, that's something that you're looking at this off season as well. And uh, he's got to be one of your best players, yeah. and, and and he's got to be able to to step up and and shoot the three and, and make shots. And I don't know, Trent Trent can be an all all league type of guy if he's right and he can take over a game, but. Uh, towards the year, he, end of the year, he really struggled, and, and you got to kind of get back to where he was offensively to pair with with his defense with what he did, and that was a positive.
0: I will say he dealt with his shooting struggles better than fans did. Like, I didn't feel like it affected his game, right? Like, Georgie, you could tell, just wasn't the same player, made some bad mistakes. Like, Trent would miss shots, but he'd still be locked in defensively or he'd still uh, take care of the ball extremely well. So, I'll give him a lot of credit there. Um, what do you expect out of Austin Hutcherson? He's the only other kind of. You know, returning guard because you're adding Curbello and Miller, and we could chat about them here in a second, Derek. But um, where does he fit in?
1: Yeah, I think that he'll be a, a good catch and shoot guy, someone that when Curbello or Frazier, but I'm, I'm thinking Curbello operating in the in the pick and roll. Uh, and there was a lot of times with Io where that guy in the corner, when you're spacing it out, was Kipper, was Demonte, it was uh, someone who wasn't stepping up and, and hitting three, even Andres who didn't shoot a high uh, percentage from from the outside. But I think that Hutcherson being someone that you definitely have to watch out for um, in addition to an Alan Griffin, in addition to an Adam Miller can really shoot the three as well. Um, and Trent Frazier when he's right. So I think that Hutcherson off the bench uh, as someone that uh, can space the floor, catch and shoot uh, again, he can do some things as far as driving it when, when closeouts come because of course he's going to be potentially on some scouting reports. if if he's shooting 38 plus percent from three which i think is is capable Mm -hmm. that's something that you you hear is his biggest strength but uh i'm still i'm still waiting to see on his defensive ability and and what he's able to do at that end of the floor uh that'll be something that you know going from guarding d3 guards Mm -hmm. to to coming into the big 10 of course he saw a lot of a lot of Io throughout, a lot of Io, a lot of Trent, a lot of Dre and, and those guys, Alan Griffin throughout the season um, in practice, which I think obviously that was a big positive for having him uh, in the system. And and that's something that you don't have to worry about is him knowing how they play here at Illinois and not necessarily have to uh, teach him the offense and, and worry too much about that. So uh, I think he's a nice role player, uh, a, a decent role player off the bench. You can make some shots for you and, uh, anything beyond that, I think we'll have to just wait and see.
0: We're going longer than I thought, Derek. But I got a basketball Jones, oh, and <laughs> <laughs> we're feeding it right now. Uh, just, just the last one. I think there's a decent way of putting this. Is I mean, I watch Andre Curbelo, and it's just – you see him, and you're like, oh, okay, that that guy's going to need some time. I mean, he even kind of probably looks like I – mean, I'm just saying looks like uh, a mm-hmm. mid-major point guard, right, like size-wise. And then you see him play, and you're like, that guy's a 30-year-old pro. Um, he yeah. looks as college-ready as – is anybody I've seen in a while as a point guard, and then then Adam Miller is obviously a very impressive prospect. Just how? What are your expectations for them as freshmen compared to Io or Trent or or Kendrick Nunn, like other guards that have come here in the, the last five six years?
1: Yeah, uh, with Andre, I agree with you as far as just the way he processes the game and uh, is his savvy and I, and and everything that goes wrong with the intangibles of a point guard, I think that he's going to come in and, and look like a veteran. And, and we'll, we'll see. I think that you look back at Cassius Winston's freshman year at Michigan State and uh, his assist numbers were, were very, very high. It might have even been you know, towards the top of the, or even leading the Big Ten. Um, but there are still going to be some things with him uh, physically that he's going to have to adjust to, I think, at the defensive end in particular, uh, I, the one that comes to mind, if he's guarding a Marcus Carr, uh, that, that's that's one that brings some size and are just having to to really lock in at that end of the floor. But uh, being able to, you know, him in the pick and roll is going to be natural. He, he's When I watch him in the AAU circuit, just the way he's able to set other guys up for shots and uh, very, very crafty, he can get in the lane and shoot floaters. And uh, he's worked a lot on his three-point game, and that's something that's going to be a very – Big key for him as well. But uh, just putting weapons around him, and this leads right into Adam Miller is uh, Miller's a very high level outside shooter uh, when he's going. And I think that just having a guy like Curbello can just take pressure off of him and open things up for him is going to, they'll feed off each other. And I'm very excited to see how that works. Uh, With Adam, I, I wouldn't maybe, I don't know, I look at Io's freshman year and Io struggled through the first half of the year, really through the bragging rights game and then got going. And if Adam went through some similar things, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think that would maybe be where my expectation is uh, as far as just um, making the adjustment to the next level. But uh, then again, just having the the, the multitude of pieces that the Illinois could kind of rely on with Kofi, with Trent, and with Griffin, some veterans there with Georgie, um, maybe it, it allows him to play uh, a, a, I wouldn't say limited role, but a, a role that just a complimentary role as he grows into it. So, um, Curbelo in general, and, and really for both of them, I think that their their ceilings are incredibly high. And I think Curbelo's a starting point guard, and you'd hand him the keys and you let him come in and just play make and and do his thing because I think he can really thrive right off the bat. But um, yeah, the three point shot and and his defense are things that we'll we'll have to see how he. He translates to this level, especially as a freshman. There's going to be growing pains for any freshman.
0: Ridiculous comp or not uh, for those two. Um, Curbelo to Cassius Winston and Adam Miller to Jordan Poole.
1: <laughs> not ridiculous. No, not ridiculous, <laughs> um, which is yeah, exciting
0: That's for a
1: yeah. lot of fans who, who want, want to see it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think when you think about a four-year program – Point guard like, like Cassius, that can be, uh, and you hear hear that from not only people around the Illinois program but people at Soccer Bello, um, national evaluators that that can be who he is, uh, and then Miller of course, Pool was a splash pool someone that could really get hot from the outside and uh, just a very very talented scorer and that's Adam a- Adam is one of the more gifted scorers in this class and again when he's he he's got a be efficient and, and be smart with his shots and uh, do some other things as far as playmaking and uh, helping some guys around him, which I think he's getting better at. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that, that that makes sense on both ends, and that's pairing uh, that with some of, your, some of your other pieces. That's exciting.
0: That's a good way to end this, Derek, on a high note. It was good talking <laughs> yeah. basketball and then thinking about the future when basketball returning, it, it can't get here soon enough, Derek.
1: Absolutely, I mean, there's nothing else to do. So, That's right. uh, yeah, but it's it's fun. Uh, it makes me miss miss hoop, but uh, we'll get there, and yeah, hopefully the season is uh, the season not be affected, right? Oh. Yeah. Well,
0: well, Where see. were you we
1: gonna go for the Sweet Sixteen? Was it Indy? Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know. Um, at this point, I'm glad we didn't go to Albany. New York's kind of a scary place to be right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would have been interesting. Like I, I do like that a lot of these places, are they're saying Illinois Sweet 16 with some of these simulations. Um, I, I think they would have been there. I think they still would have been playing. But uh, sadly, that's that's a that's a. Game we have to play for history, but uh, I think they'll have another chance to get there and possibly soon, Derek. And that's why it was fun to break this down because yep. the future is very bright. Derek, always appreciate the time, man.
1: Yep, always fun, man.
0: All right, see you. That's Derek Piper, of course, a line I inquire doing a great job filling us in with what's the latest on Illinois basketball, and we will of course continue to do that here at a line I inquire. And I know it's a tough time for for everybody, and and we're all being impacted by this and. Uh, just real talk. I I know there's gonna be some people with subscriptions to Alana Enquirer that might not be able to keep it. Listen, I I know we're uh, we're a little bit of an escape from reality for a lot of people. It's You know, something they don't need in their lives so understandable but if you do want to sign up there's a dollar for your first month for VIP access but we're going to continue to give you as much coverage as possible whether it's through this podcast whether it's through our free stories we'll give you the latest with news we've had some really good feature ideas and and we're doing a little bit more free content now given what's happening but for all you VIP subscribers we're still doing in-depth looks I'm doing it in football recruiting Derek's doing it with basketball recruiting as well Uh, so we're trying to make your subscription knowing how difficult this is worth as much as possible and hopefully we're giving you a little bit of respite uh through all of this but uh Derek and I just know we're working hard to make it worth uh your money and, and your harder money right now and uh, I know other people are struggling so we'll continue to crank out this content and uh focus on sports and and try to put you know uh more s- stories about how this is impacting people we have many other angles we're working on for that as well i hope everybody is well i hope your families are all well stay safe we will continue to try and fight this as a country and try to do this together and come out the other side more appreciative uh, and hopefully more together after all of this for the online Inquirer podcast i'm jeremy warner subscribe to us rate us review us we'll talk to you next time